welcome to the Fiercely Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Allison, Mind Shift Coach and Achievement Strategist. I am here to help you completely up-level your confidence, find massive clarity, and dive deep into your purpose so that you can create a business and a mindset that is fiercely unstoppable. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you up-level your energy, bust through those fears, find clarity, and overcome all of the obstacles so that you can step into your most powerful and confident self. We do not let our circumstances hold us back. We become fiercely unstoppable in the pursuit of what sets our soul on fire. Get ready to up-level your confidence every single day and attract the life that you are absolutely obsessed with. Are you ready? Let's have some fun. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the Fiercely Unstoppable podcast. I am so excited for today's interview and this is really special because I have worked with this woman in many, many ways and I constantly go back and buy more things and buy more things and just say, take my money because she's so brilliant. She is so amazing. So I'm going to introduce her and then we'll go ahead and get started. So Jessica Caver Lindholm is our guest today. She is is a leading spiritual thought leader, entrepreneur, and coach known as the Ultimate Freedom Girl. She launched her own online empire in 2014 and quickly grew it to a six-figure business in six months after only earning $7,000 the previous year as a personal trainer and yoga instructor. She's a down-to-earth, relatable, tell-it-like-it-is coach and businesswoman who creates massive results and regularly hits unrealistic goals and helps her clients do the same by leveraging a blend of inspired action and intuition with the most effective online marketing strategy. Jessica's list of clients range from brand new business owners to six and seven figure entrepreneurs across the online spectrum from coaches, health experts, intuitives, visionaries, musicians, artists, creatives, and more. She leads her community to build businesses and live lives by unleashing all of their soul, creating massive impact and income. Jessica's To Living Free brand and business is projected to cross the seven-figure mark in 2018. Isn't that so exciting? Oh my gosh, you guys are just going to love this interview. Get your notebooks out. Take some notes. I put some amazing quotes in the quote section, so definitely go grab that and check her out. Let's go ahead and get started. All right, you guys. Oh my gosh. I am ecstatic with the guest we have today. It is going to be such a treat. So I want to welcome Jessica Caver Lindholm onto this podcast, Fiercely Unstoppable. Welcome, Jessica. Amazing. I'm so excited to be here with you, Brooke. Yay. Oh, well, I know people are going to be just jumping on their toes when they listen to this episode, but can you just start us off by telling who you are, who Jessica is, and yeah. a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today? You totally. It's always so interesting when it comes to introducing yourself. It's like, it's such an important part because obviously not everyone knows who I am yet, but I'm right. working on that. You're like, uh, soon <laughs> everyone will know. Soon, <laughs> soon. But just in case you're new, um, I mean... I got into this whole 
entrepreneurial industry years ago. Um, I come from actually a family of entrepreneurs, you could call them actually farmers and ranchers from Colorado. And so I was just raised by a lot of people who were very, I guess, independent thinking and weren't really good at working for other people. Right. And <laughs> went to college, got out of college, was like, I knew I just couldn't possibly work for someone else. Um, and I come from such like such an academic background and being the top of everything in terms of school and to come out of school and be like, yeah, I'm actually not going to work for anyone else. I'm going to go right into like waiting tables and cleaning houses because I just so strongly refuse to work for someone else. Mm. It hit my confidence a little bit. And I get, you know, so many people they see all their friends, like all my friends were becoming doctors and going off and doing wow. these big things. Yeah. And it's like, there are times when you decide to become an entrepreneur and go out on your path that you feel like, am I crazy? Am I making the wrong decision? But I also just knew in my heart of hearts, thank God at that point that I could not do anything else. And I started every side job from, I created my own diet tea line. I was a personal trainer. I was a yoga instructor, um, jewelry, purses, like I've done it all. And it was years of trying to figure that out and just doing side jobs before I kind of stumbled into the whole coaching industry and service-based business and all of these things and realized I'd spent so much time trying to figure out running businesses that I knew a thing or two about how to run businesses. And that's <laughs> what kicked me off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So a pause in that because you said something yes. I think was really powerful that I think a lot of people resonate with. The idea of am I making the wrong decision? Is this the right place? Is this the right move? Do you have, I know you have some amazing tips. So when someone is contemplating a decision and yeah. making a change in their life and they're kind of scared to start, what would you say to them? I mean, how I make decisions at this point is like a couple different things. One, it's always love or fear. And I can even look back now and I didn't know this, this idea at that time, but I probably felt it in my heart and my soul that me going to work for someone else would have been a fear-based decision. It would have been the fear that I won't be able to make money otherwise, or I won't be taken care of, or everything will fall down and collapse around me. And the love-based decision was this like knowing that I was meant for more, knowing that I was meant to reach mm -hmm. people, seeing spiritual thought leaders and, you know, people like Gabrielle Bernstein and Tony Robbins and all this. And like knowing that I was no different from them, that was the love-based decision to have enough courage and boldness and gumption to think that I could go down that path. Mm, I love that. So you started your coaching business after all of these endeavors. Yes. <laughs> Did you yes. ever have that moment where you're just like, all right, well, let's just try one more thing. Like let's, there wasn't any other option. It's okay. like the other option was to work for other people. And I was 0% available to ever do mm -hmm. that because anytime, I mean, I did side jobs. I worked in an office. I've worked in plenty of offices part-time, um, and that sort of thing. And I was the type of personality that I would come into these offices and immediately be like, okay, I'm taking over. And people always wanted to like promote me and that sort of thing, because that's the personality I am. Right. And so it was, there were times I remember when I left my last real quote job that I had a accepted a promotion to basically take over the management of this office. And this was a part-time job. I was wow. like, not even <laughs> person. Cause I was like, no, I'm building my business on the side. And then I ended up booking my first coaching client, like in a package. And I was like, I can't, there's no mm. way that I can spend another moment of my life and my soul in mm. an office with no windows doing what I care less about. Yeah. I have never been one of those people. So I'm like, what is that like? <laughs> yeah. No, I never, I think the longest I ever lost in an office was 
two years. And this one, I only lasted a few months because I was in that office specifically to fund my business. Right. Right. And I think that if we're going to talk about that a little bit, I always talk about how there's no shame in building a business while having another job. Like there's no shame in having a little bit extra just to get you started until you're ready to like run full speed ahead and say, hell yes, I'm doing this unavailable for anything else. I feel like people put so much pressure on themselves to just quit their job and just run their business full time, even without even starting. Yeah. I mean, there's complete freedom. Honestly, if you don't judge yourself and you're coming from that space of love, you can literally do anything. Like I would have bagged groceries happily to build my business. Mm -hmm. And this is why I crack up when people are like, well, I just don't have the money right now. I'm like, you're never going to have the money. You either get out there and you create it and you receive it for yourself. Or we keep complaining about how someday you're going to do something different, both knowing you're not. Mm. It's like, there's nothing wrong having a side job or whatever. It's just like, you're either all in and you know, you're meant for more or you're dabbling on the sidelines. Like don't waste your life. Yes. Well, I know that obviously I know your journey because I've worked with you in many, many (laughs) ways. Can you really open up maybe once you started your coaching business, how you got to where you are today, where, you know, 100k months are now your new number and moving forward and on onward and and really sky's the limit but how did you For get sure. how did you start and how did you get to that place for sure. And it's even interesting. I haven't actually sat down and kind of talked about my journey in this industry in a bit. And it's like, I'm about, I think five years total that I've been in, I guess what we call the coaching industry. And in so many ways, I don't even really consider myself to be a coach anymore. But when I kicked off, um, it was from more of a spiritual mindset perspective. I had done some work with Mike Dooley, the thoughts become things guy. And like, that was kind of the beginning of that work. And so launching my coaching business started with basically coming out of the spiritual closet it and being like, so I actually don't want to talk about weight loss and green smoothies anymore. I want to talk about manifesting and just didn't even get a new list. I mean, I had probably 50 people on my email list at that time. And mm. like, now we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> and it kind of morphed over time. I think that I felt a little bit uncomfortable just talking about the spirituality side of like, how can you actually make money with this that I got more into the business coaching Um and I love business coaching. It was, it was a blast and there's still a side of that that I do. And it was really, it's like you teach what you need to learn. And I needed to learn the business side intensely for those couple of years. But I also found that I got a little too deep into, well, it must have been a fluke that my business took off at the beginning and that I somehow started creating 10K months right away. So I probably should go back and learn how to be a real business owner and learn all the strategy stuff. And those were the things that actually started slowing my business down. And I, getting back to soul, especially this year, is what set it all free and getting mm. back to that spirituality side. Mm. So, oh my gosh, I have so many questions that just popped up there because <laughs> I feel like a lot of newer coaches or newer entrepreneurs, if you will, um, they come to me with a lot of questions of like, well, how can I make money if most of the coaches I see are helping other people make money? And I know mm-hmm. you and I know that that's not the truth, but what can you say to sure. someone when they're fearful of, well, I'm not helping anybody make money. I'm not helping like th- there's no tangible result that you can see, but it's an inner result. 
how do you, how could you give them power within knowing that that's completely supported and they can still make a massive amount of money with that? Exactly. It's really the decision of them seeing the value. And I think that's part of the issue when you're getting started and you're second guessing yourself and who am I and is everyone, anyone ever actually going to pay me for this? When you're in that space, it does, it is really difficult to make money doing something that's intangible because deep down you don't really believe in it. And so there's nothing wrong either with like, if you feel more called to starting with something tangible and that's, you know, basically what I say is that your results are in direct relation to your faith. If you don't have the faith at the moment to actually be selling something that's intangible, then it's a practice to start believing that it's possible and that people will pay you. And there's nothing wrong with putting other things out there in the meantime, um, to bolster your faith that people will actually pay you to be you. Mm -hmm. Um, but really it's like, it's changed so much for me in the beginning. I was so much more focused on like, well, what's your tangible results? What are the actual results people can expect to get from you? And let's make sure we get those in your sales page. And those don't matter as much to me now, but I will say that I still do touch on those. And so even though I come at it from a very strong spiritual soul led alignment, freedom space, and that those really are my, my underlying focuses with all of my clients. Yeah. The reason that someone can justify investing in me is because I know if they align that they will have more time. They will have a successful business. Money becomes super easy. Attracting clients becomes super easy. So in some ways I'm selling the same thing as a business coach. I'm just coming at it from a different angle. Mm, that's a great way to think about it. I know you kind of talked about how, okay, well, when I did overthink it and when I did mm -hmm. think <laughs> about all the tangible things and, and maybe I wasn't supposed to go that fast when you suddenly saw all these other people, how did you get out of that, that, that trench of a place, mm -hmm. that self-sabotage of a place? I know you said you connected back to your soul, but what does that actually mean and how could someone do that? Totally. So I was doing a journal exercise this morning, actually, that could be really helpful for anyone listening and to kind of get back into that space. And one of the ways that you can do this, and it's, it's, you know, it's something I do on a regular basis that I call even writing my reality is I write myself into the mindset, the belief and the life that I actually mm -hmm. desire. And so what I was doing specifically this morning, as I was sitting down and just writing out a quick list of like everything I do in my business, just free writing, like, okay, what do I do in my business? I, let's say I answer emails and messages. I do some writing. I do some journaling. Um, I work with clients. Just write down a list of everything you're doing in your business right now if you have a business. And then once you've done that, write down a list of everything that you're doing in your life at the moment. So it could be getting groceries, walking the dog, um, going out to eat sometimes, making dinner. Write down the things that you're spending the majority of your time with in business on one list and life on the other list. Mm. Now, once you've done this, and I did this this morning, so it doesn't really matter what level you're at. This is a really strong practice to come back to noticing where you're self-sabotaging and you're doing things you don't need to be doing so that you can align with the higher level version of you and create a quantum shift to go there fast. Once you've written out those two lists, now ask yourself, okay, if, I, if this whole state that I'm in right now didn't even exist, I have $100 million in the bank right now. I literally never even need to worry about money again. Like money just comes in all the time. It's just not mm -hmm. even something I think about. And I have the most epic team who will literally do anything and everything for me and probably better than I even do it. <laughs> now look back at your list. What would you actually be doing on the business side? Mm. And what would you actually be doing on the life side? And when I did this this morning, I was like, I've got life pretty much down. The only thing that was like on there was I was like, I need to get to the grocery store because I love to make green smoothies and I'm out of greens. And I was like, why don't I have my housekeeper do this? So I immediately texted yeah. her like, getting my groceries for me. She's like, oh sure. my gosh. And then they deliver now too. 
Oh my Perfect. God. Even <laughs> so exactly. So that side was taken care of, but then I looked over at my business and I'm like, ah, oh, I see a couple places that I've been slipping. And so with my intention of hundred K to 300 K months, if I'm doing customer service or doing a bunch of things that I was doing at the 10 K 20 K, whatever beginning start for myself, instead of being the million multimillionaire version of myself, Mm-hmm. it's not going to attract that. And so I, I really 80% of your time should be spent in your business on those couple things that you would be doing if everything was taken care of. And so for me, it's like writing, speaking, inspiring others, helping them. Uh, and so all the other things that need to be done, there's someone else I can either hire to do that or they don't even really need to be done. Right. Absolutely. I think we make it so hard on ourselves all the time. So yep. Um, what can you say about releasing that pressure? Cause I know, I know you, and we're all about breaking the rules, which is why I resonate <laughs> with you so much. Cause I'm like, yes, let's break all the rules. Like I'm all about it. Um, <laughs> so how do you help someone feel comfortable with doing that? And just knowing that not everything needs to be done. I think it's the remembering of who you actually are. We get so focused in on the day-to-day tasks that we forget that we're these infinite beings, beings who can literally create anything. And so for me, it's like zooming out, zoom out your perspective, stop making the little things that aren't dramas into dramas and emergencies. That's really the biggest thing. Nothing is an emergency. And here's something that I've learned recently. Um, I've been reading a book called, I think it's Inner in, Internal Engineering or Inner Engineering or something like that by Saad Guru. Oh. And I love it because he talks about everything you've ever experienced in your life is an inside experience. So literally from an emotion you felt because someone said something, or if someone touched your hand, what you thought was the feeling of, t- of their hand was actually just a reaction inside your body, right? Like even if you're reading a book right now, the book is outside of you, but you seeing the book is inside of you. Like the, the, the light comes into your eyes. It reflects off of your retinas, like all of that shenanigans. Everything you've ever experienced in this entire life, everything you've thought, done, felt, any of it has happened inside of you. And when you start to realize that, you realize that everything around you is just stimuli. And so if it's just stimuli, it's not actually making anything happen inside of you. Mm -hmm. You get to choose your response to everything. Wow. And so suddenly you're, that's where true freedom comes from. If no, if someone sends you a message, it's like, if I got a text right now, it could, if I was not aware, the text could say something mean that would immediately make me feel anger or upset, or it could say something lovely that would make me feel love. I'm letting the outside circumstances, the stimuli create my inner state instead of the other way around. Like true freedom and getting back to certainty comes from realizing you were not always in control of outside circumstances always in control of yourself, how you feel and all of that. Absolutely. And I love how you often talk about, especially like, you know, being in your mastermind, it's like, why do we even judge some of these circumstances? If we release the judgment, how would it actually feel? And I love, I love the exercise that you have given us many a times because I, I've been trying to release a lot of judgment in my life and I know everybody deals with judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any like first steps with just trying to release that and just seeing it in a different way. Sure. I mean, first of all, I actually don't even have a problem with judgment. Like judgment is only an issue if it's creating an energetic charge that doesn't feel good or it's creating problems in your life. Um, My background, what I went to college for was actually anthropology, cultural anthropology and archaeology. And it's 
understandable that throughout our evolution, judgment has been important. You judge, you like discern how far it is across that canyon. Should you really be jumping? Like you discern if that's a bear that's going to eat you or a dog. Like very true. (laughs) Not that all judgment is bad. Like, and I don't, that's one of the biggest things actually. So if I do feel an emotion or I do feel triggered by something, what makes it worse is when we judge our own emotions instead of being compassionate with them. Cause they're always, the emotions are just road signs. They're not who we are. They're just helping us notice how things are making us feel so that we can make a decision. So like judgment doesn't have to be a bad thing unless it's like you're judging yourself or judging other people in a way sure. that's creating negative circumstances at which point it still goes back to the same thing. You've just forgotten who you are. Mm. If you come back to being that endless badass rock star version of who you actually are, there's more than enough space for you and all the other rock stars as well to just take over, have a blast and have a party. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, thank you so much for answering that. That was amazing. So I know you were talking about your income levels and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well now I'm heading to hundred to 300 K a month. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, what? <laughs> I know that. So I've been there. So I understand that. (laughs) And that's what I want to ask you because I know you've up leveled and it's not like you just woke up one day and we're like, I'm making hundred K this month. Like from a little bit though, if I'm being honest, but yeah, it was (laughs) like when you first started maybe. So how can you gradually, well, not, it doesn't even have to be gradually. If someone wants something, how can they decide that that thing gets to be theirs and know what action to take to make it happen. Like, how did you go from when you started and you had 10K months? Obviously, you went from 10K to 100K in some way, shape, or form. Sure. So what are the key factors in making that happen and up-leveling your income? Absolutely. Okay, make sure I ask, actually answer this question because there's something else I just want to touch on real quickly that goes right along with it, but it's more the energetic side and then I promise we'll go into the other pieces of it. Perfect. Something else that I read recently, was, which was from that book as well I was talking about that was just like mind expanded, um, was the idea that we always want more. And I want to touch on this real quickly because I know some people out there might be like, what does she need to do with 100K to 300K a month? <laughs> or what would I do with that amount of money? I don't need that amount of money. And then we judge it and we make it wrong. And of course, then we won't receive it. And so something I just want to touch on here, like I said, it just mind expanded me recently, was the idea that we're always wanting more. And it's actually a really natural state to want more. If you look at a plant outside, it's always continuing to grow. The vine doesn't grow up the fence and think I'm good. Like I have them on the side of my house right now. It's trying to grow over the house. It is nature's natural state to keep expanding. Yeah. The thing is, is that it's not about even always wanting more. I just love this. It's about wanting it all. And what that means is it's about wanting to return to your infinite state. And when we think about it in this way, it releases all the judgment around like, well, I don't need more. I don't need extra time. I don't need more money. It's like, no, it's natural for you to want everything because in your completely natural state, Mm. you are infinite. Yeah. Of course you desire more. So from, I mean, that was a big piece of allowing me to even start earning the 10K originally because back in 2013, I made $7,000 that entire year. And then coming into 2014 and having 10K, 15K, and 20K years, that's the interesting shift. Yeah. Is what had to happen to go from earning in a month what I used to earn in a year. 
Mm, I know people are like, tell us, tell us, tell us. How do we do that? <laughs> and whether they like it or not, the majority of the work I was doing at that point was internal mindset stuff. Was yeah. exactly what we're saying about if you're judging money, really the majority of the reason that people, especially women, don't receive money is because deep down they think it's not safe um, or something bad's going to happen if they do. Mm. And we think that like, oh, well, I'll never attract a partner or my, my significant other will leave me if I make more money than them. Or um, it's not safe to have more money. People are going to judge me, attack me, whatever. Like we've been conditioned for thousands of years that it's not safe as a woman to have wealth. Like we weren't even allowed to have it throughout history. And so it's really for us to now, it's a pattern. It's a habit. It could be at cellular level to now choose that it's safe for you to be wealthy, that you don't need to know exactly how you're going to manage having 10K months, 100K months, whatever. You will figure it out as you go, as you always have. Mm -hmm. It's a decision. And it's exactly what I was just saying a second ago about making those two lists. The list of what the woman who's making 7,000 a year is doing versus what the woman who's making $100,000 a month is doing is different. Right. And Absolutely. so it's starting to choose into that. I mean, in terms of from a business perspective, it really comes down to growing a following, a community, a tribe. And the easiest way to do that is by being yourself unedited and by having mm -hmm. something that they can sign up for in terms of like a free resource to get on your list um, and a paid offering. I was just taught on the phone with a private client before our call. And literally I was like, no, 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 this is the easy part. Every single one of us, <laughs> we kind of get, once you get into the online marketing field, you get what it takes to grow a list, like create something free and put a page out that people can put their email into. You right. get what it takes for someone to purchase something, like come up with an idea for something you want to sell and have a way to receive payment. That part's not complicated. The complicated mm -hmm. part, the part we overcomplicate is being ourselves, sharing our message and giving ourselves permission to just have everything we desire. Yes. And I know you've talked about how it just takes a decision and mm -hmm. uh, that used yeah, to drive me crazy. Yeah, I you say that. And I'm like, every it's time I say it to you, I'm like, she's going to punch me. I know. <laughs> no, it's getting so much better. And, but for those who still have a hard time with understanding mm -hmm. what the heck does making a decision actually mean? Yep. Can you describe what that actually looks like? it's the same thing as the love and fear thing. Like yeah. when we're basically being in, in our little boat at sea, we don't have our sails up. We're floating around. We're letting life happen to us. And whatever happens is how we make our decisions. Like that's when you're not really making a decision. You're just kind of letting life happen to you and you're bobbing around. Making <laughs> a decision means that you have the awareness to realize you can and that life isn't happening to you. It's mm. happening for you. And so like if something's I mean, like, let's say like with my income, if I just am like, well, you know, the income is what it is. It's like, sometimes things go well, sometimes they don't, whatever. It's like, I'm okay. That's basically not making a decision and floating around. If I make the decision of like, no, I'm Jessica freaking Lindholm, like Jessica Caver Lindholm, I'm going to show up. Of course I make a minimum of this amount of money. Of course it gets to be easy. I don't need to know how it shows up. I'm just the type of woman that magnetizes that. And I know that if I listen to my heart and my soul and I take the actions on a daily basis to share my message that I'm called to share on this planet and not just share it, but live it, that the natural side effect of that is that all the money I could ever desire or require and excess of that will show up. Mm, 
Absolutely. And I know you kind of talked about just like speaking, like just being open and honest and speaking exactly what needs to be said. So Mm -hmm. how do you differentiate? I know some people get fearful of like, well, I don't want to share this. I don't want to share that. How do you step out of that fear and step into really feel that power and just be like, you know what? I'm going to share this and I don't care if I get trolls. I don't care what happens. It just needs to be said. Exactly. With every fear that comes up, there's just a couple questions that I'll I'll ask it at this point. I'm still not saying that things don't freak me out, especially like I don't do a lot of posting on my personal profile. So when I put things on there that are like really from my heart and soul truth, I still Mm -hmm. notice that I get a little nervous and I'm like, oh God, I better check the comments. Like that still happens to me and it's okay. Um, and that's the thing. I'm not judging the emotion. It's like, that's okay. You're fine. It's <laughs> you. And like when a fear comes up, it's the same couple questions I ask. Like one is the fear true. So if the fear is, I really believe that whatever you say in private, whatever you say to your friends, your significant other, the things that you boldly stand for and stand against, those are the things you need to be talking about publicly. Because otherwise you're putting this like boring, watered down, edited version of you. And those are the boring, watered down, edited clients you're going to get. And it's going to turn into this like not happy situation or relationship. If you, so then it's like, well, what are the fears? Well, I'm afraid if I put this out there that so-and-so is going to troll me or random trolls or my family's or family's going to say weird things. Okay. First question you ask yourself when a fear comes up, is it true? Yeah, that Mm -hmm. could actually happen. Like a lot of times with fears, they're just absurd. (laughs) I'm afraid that, I don't know. I'm afraid I'll never make it. Right. It's like, well, what does that even mean? Is that true? Is that real? If Mm -hmm. you're going to stick with it, there's not even like the chance of failure doesn't even exist. Right. But the chance of being trolled, it could happen. It's happened to me for sure. (laughs) So one, is it true? Yeah, that could be true. Okay. Two, is it a valid enough reason for you not to live your destiny? Mm, So good. 0% ever. I make ever, there's nothing that any troll or whatever could ever say that would be a valid enough reason for me to water myself down, be a, you know, edited version of myself and not do the work I'm meant to do on this planet. Mm -hmm. So it's like, once you answer those two questions, then you just make the commitment with yourself again. Well, I now commit to showing up completely fully being as visible as I know I desire to be in spite of my fears. I'm not saying they're going to get rid of them and they're going away, but in spite of my fears, I'm still going to show up. Absolutely. Um, I love, I love, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much good stuff in here. <laughs> Woo! You guys should be on fire. Okay. But I, I do have a question here because I think that over time, and I noticed this before I moved to Colorado, mm-hmm. I had almost adopted everybody else's beliefs and what they thought. And I was so worried all the time Mm -hmm. about what people, like what my parents were going to say or what, what was going to happen here, you know, or when I had a boyfriend, I like adapted what he wanted. And so how do you go back to what you fully, fully, boldly stand for or stand Mm -hmm. against to be able to talk about that? I think it is that daily practice. I mean, it's part of the reason that I journal. I've I've journaled my entire life and I just never realized how powerful it was until recently. And it's Mm -hmm. like, if you are just letting all the thoughts spin around in your mind, um, sometimes it's hard to identify what's yours and what's not yours. Right. And I think just being able to get it out on paper at times, and I'm not saying like anyone needs to become a writer or like journaling does not need to become your bondage, like nothing like that. But just being able to sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself in a journal can help you get back to what's actually important. And same thing, you're coming back to love or fear. Because if you're 
Typically, if we're adopting beliefs from other people, it's because we're afraid they won't like us, love us, whatever, if we didn't. And mm-hmm. so the best relationships are the ones where you do show up as all of you and the other person's all in on that. Like those are the real friendships and relationships that last. Absolutely. I love that. Well, this podcast is all about stepping into your fiercely unstoppable self. Love and it. I know you've kind of mentioned um, some obstacles, but can you tell us an op- like a time that you had to overcome an obstacle and when you did, you truly felt victorious? I mean, I think we, if we're living our truest life, we're overcoming obstacles on almost a daily basis and most of them are self-created. Um, Mm -hmm. like most of them are the fears in our minds. And like I said, I'm being afraid of being trolled, but still standing out and stepping out and like not actually having control of everything that happens in life because we don't, but we do have control of the interstate, like all of those things. Um, I mean, even one of the most recent things, I just put out my new membership site yesterday and it's so funny in the past, like if something didn't go right or tech wasn't right, like I probably would have freaked out. Mm -hmm. And there's been like a series of hilarious things that have happened since I put the membership out of like, I'm live talking about it and oh, the payment buttons aren't working. Like people are just commenting and letting you know. And then my husband comes up and is like, okay, the payment buttons are working now. But when you sign up for some reason, your login details are not being auto-generated because our, our systems aren't talking to each other. And that went through for almost 24 hours. And then today it's like, okay, everything's good. But come to find out the email that got sent out had the wrong time for the pricing. It's just been this like series of things. And in the past I would have been, and this goes for no matter where anyone's at in their business or thinking about starting business. The thing is, is I feel no, I feel no energetic or emotional charge around it. Like I so deeply believe that every life is happening for me, not to me. And I said this when I was doing my training yesterday, like when I was live and I was like, so the buttons aren't working. Like, so this isn't happening. I actually believe that it was serving me. I mean, who knows? Maybe it led to more comments on the Facebook live. So more people saw it or you never know. And so it's just realizing coming back to that unwavering faith that of course you will always be victorious because what other option is there? And if you know you will always be victorious, well, then you also know that you will always make the right decisions because wrong decisions don't even make sense. They don't even exist. And it's like following that train of thought back. And that's where you realize you literally have the ability to be completely free right now. Mm. So good. Well, can you tell us the most exciting thing that you're excited about that either you're doing or you're working on right now? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I knew this would be a hard question for you, but <laughs> I have like 700 things happening at any given time, but it's, like, it's whatever is in forefront of my mind that I'm actually taking action on. Um, let's see things I'm most excited about right now. I can't wait to put out the to living free, um, clothing line. I've got the first Yay! couple designs together for that. So I'm so excited about that. Um, just up leveling some of my programs and streamlining things. It's just creating even more time and space. I'm feeling really called to travel and kind of get back to that, mm-hmm. like anthropology, archeology, span language background, like all of that excites me. Um, I think really probably this is such a strange thing to say. What excites me the most is just more deeply tapping into the truth of life and coming into the space where I could actually live in a space of bliss and joy consistently. Like that's really my main focus right now. And so my main focus at the moment, the thing I'm excited (laughs) about is enlightenment. (laughs) 
that's I love it. I love all the things. No, that's that's incredible. Um, Not saying I've obtained that. Let me be clear, but that's where my core focus is at this moment. <laughs> yes, absolutely, perfect. Well, tell everyone where they can find you, stalk you, love you, all the things. Absolutely. Um, you can find me at twolivingfree.com. T o livingfree.com. That's my website, and then you can just find me at Jessica Caber Lindholm on Instagram and Facebook and all of those amazing spaces. I am a content and creation machine, so I can't say what thing might be out by the time you listen to this, but there's always something amazing out there. Tons of freebies, tons of goodies, tons of ways to work and play together. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being on here. So many breakthroughs. Like I always do a, my favorite quote section of the episode. And so I'm really excited to re-listen and pull out these I thought you wanted my favorite quote. I was like, I have no idea. Oh, (laughs) okay. Thank you. No, your quotes, you (laughs) said them out loud. All of them. You said all of the amazing things. So I'm excited to pull those out and have those in the show notes. And Oh, thank I'm you a quote so machine. much for being on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had such a blast. So much fun. I can't wait for you to share this far and wide and change lives. Oh, yay. <laughs> thank you guys so, so much for spending some time with me on the Fiercely Unstoppable podcast. I am so grateful that you are here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. If you could just take one moment to share this episode on social media, tag me in it, or even with someone personally that you think would love this, that would be absolutely incredible. Also, if you guys are loving this podcast, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes and by subscribing to this channel so I can keep the good stuff coming. I cannot wait to connect with you on the next show. In the meantime, get out there and become fiercely unstoppable.